ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back. Garage Door Sports, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, Irfan could not join us today. Don't worry. We got you covered. Busy week in the sporting world there. Kyle, how are you feeling about this? Doing good. Doing good. You know, solid win last night in hockey. Can't complain. Um, but uh, no, it's been good. Doc and uh, ready to talk to sports today, that's for sure. It was also a good game of hockey as opposed to some of the blowouts that we've had recently at that game. It was. It, it was a <laughs> back and forth, you know, both sides type of game. Yeah. So that was fun. Good way to start the weekend. Let's keep the fun rolling my friend and uh we got the mlb still locked out tfc the mls season starts this weekend we gotta look we gotta look at this brand new tfc roster because yeah i'm not kidding when i say it's brand new yep (laughs) new coach new players everything in between Mm -hmm. um but let's start with our kickoff segment sponsored by canada kicking academy Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni, and they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And Kyle, we are starting with Leafs. Last week, Jake Muzzin was placed on long-term injury reserve. And... That was a scary-looking injury. Complete incidental, obviously. I'm not saying that that, wasn't, that was on purpose because it wasn't. They turned into each other. Just a bad situation. Um, he's, he's in concussion protocol. Yep. The questions now become how long will he be on the LTIR? Because if he's there for a while, that changes kind of what they're doing, right? Like, I'm, I'm not crazy in thinking that. If he's on the LTIR for the rest of the season, that changes how the team approaches the deadline. Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest thing is, one, I think they're glad they made that Labushkin deal now because they, they added that extra piece that they didn't necessarily have before. Yeah. So you're not necessarily running with, with three super young defensemen who have very limited NHL game time. Labushkin's been in the nhl you know what you're getting with him like it's it's nothing special don't get me wrong but in saying that it's a solid nhl defenseman who's good at defending basically so you know he he can kind of step in and kind of do what muzzin was doing obviously with a little bit less of a contract um but obviously muzzin is a big big miss in that lineup he wasn't playing the greatest this year He, he he definitely was there was room in his game to improve compared to where he was. Let's say that. Right. And that's, um, that's something that I want to touch on, right? Like, yeah. yes, obviously losing a Jake Muzzin should be a big impact on the team, right? Like you would mm-hmm. think any other season, it would be a big loss. Yeah. But this year, is it? Like, I, I don't think Muzzin has played up to his potential this year. I think he has looked very, very pedestrian most of the season yep. he has not looked like himself and at five point six two five that's you can't really be pedestrian right and yeah he, he's five he's five five point six five yeah five point six five u.s cap hit yeah 
right? Like if he was, if he's on a three or a $2 million deal looking pedestrian, okay, fine. Like you can kind of let it go. A second pairing defenseman, not a big deal. At 5.625, that's a big contract for someone to not look strong. Yeah. I think is the best, is the best thing, right? Like he's making more than TJ Brody. Yeah. And he's not, he's not playing better than TJ Brody, in my opinion. I think Brody has played significantly better than Jake Muzzin this year. I actually think that when he's on his game, Sandine has played better than Muzzin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is you know what you're getting with Muzzin, and I think Muzzin is the type of defenseman where in the regular season, I mean, he he is he is what he is. But I think in the playoffs is where you truly see where Muzzin kind of shines. And I hope so. Uh, very much like, you know, very much like uh, Savard when he was playing with with Tampa in in the regular season, he was just another defenseman. But in the, in the playoffs, I was mean, he becomes that guy where it's like, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't want to go up against that guy. Right. Um, or think- or very much like Sherratt was for Montreal last year. Yeah. I think my concern right? is that last year he looked so good in the regular season, like he was arguably behind Morgan Riley, our second best defenseman. And it was a lot closer between him and Riley than most people want to admit last season. This yep. season, he just looks, he looks like he lost a step. He doesn't look like he knows where he's supposed to be some games. Like he just doesn't look right. And yeah. I mean, it, 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 it definitely will age is a factor too, right? Yeah. He's 33 now. So yeah. it, maybe it is the, maybe it's the start of the cliff type of thing. Yeah. So I just, uh, that was just a concern for me. So He's at five point six two five for the next two years after this. Yep. But looking, let's let's refocus back to now. He's on LTIR. That means his yep. contract comes off the books while he's on LTIR. Obviously, yeah. Five point six two five. We're gonna play a little scenario here, Kyle. Okay. Yep. If he if they think he's gonna be on LTIR for two weeks, mm-hmm. probably doesn't change their deadline targets right like they're right. probably going the same thing because the cap's going to come back right you're, you're not you're not getting that 5.625 for the rest of the year yeah but if they believe that he is done for the season which a lot of people are speculating that they might tell him to be done for the season mm-hmm. which I'm not a big fan of but in, in the interest of playing devil's advocate here yeah who should the Leafs go after to fill that defensive hole and then possibly build on the playoff roster with that extra cap? Um, I think, to be honest, I don't think they need forwards. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, I think their forward group currently as is, they're perfectly fine. Right. And if they need some some bonus help, I mean, they just called up Nick Robertson. There's your bonus help. There's your your extra scoring forward that you wanted to acquire at the deadline. There, there's and your I scoring mean, forward. I mean, if you're not targeting a forward and you're going after a defenseman, you can always get a forward thrown into it. 100%. Right? And, and I think I think with this new cap space, I think if the, if the Leafs had this cap space and the new Muzzin was going to be out for the rest of the regular season and then he'll come back for playoffs – I truly do think the Leafs would have swung a trade for Chicker and along with Labushkin. I think they would have got both. Um, so I, I think they may revisit Arizona. They might go after Chicker now with that extra uh, extra cap space. And I mean, if Chicker turns out to be good and Labushkin's fine, then all of a sudden there's your pairing for next year. Um, and maybe Muzzin's gone the offseason. Maybe, maybe it's like, hey, well, we just can't afford your contract anymore. Bye. And then you got a top four of. 
Brody, Riley, Labushkin, and Chikorin, and I would be totally okay with that. Or you drop Labushkin down, you put Sandine in there, e- either one. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're good. I mean, Labushkin is a free agency, you have to re-sign him, but... Probably don't have to sign him for that much. I mean, you sign him for a mil, million and a half. Like exactly. it's, it's not... You're basically signing what you signed Dermot to, basically. Yeah. So, um, to me, like I, I think that would be probably the ideal defenseman. Um... I think if you had to have maybe like a fallback option, I think you look at Ben Sherratt in Montreal, very much the same type of player as Muzzin is. Um, that could be an option as well. Obviously, I think to me, that comes down to asking price. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, am I wanting to give up a first and a prospect for Ben Sherratt? Not a chance. Um, but I'd give up a first and a prospect for Chikrin. Oh, not even a question. Like to me, to me, it'd be... I know I, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. Um First up, guys, AK and Carlo, they, they threw out, uh, or Carlo threw out Robertson in a first for Chikrin. It's got to be more than that, but I, I can see it. No, but like that's that's the basis of that. That's the main part of the deal right there is Robertson a first for Chikrin, and then maybe you got to throw in somebody else and grab an extra body from Arizona, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think at this point I don't know if they will grab another body just because I don't think there's any other good contracts. I think like unfortunately Dezingle's contract was good enough, yeah, but we couldn't afford it at the time. That's the biggest thing, right? Um, what about like you you throw in like a loss in Kraus because he's not fitting it in Arizona. He's struggling in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I could definitely see something like that. The biggest thing is would loss in Kraus take over other people i don't know uh, at this point i don't know if he would play on that no Maybe but you're saying you're line, saying that they but... have to throw something else in right so well, my, 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 no no i'm saying toronto has to throw something yeah, in. i know I, I understand so, yeah so i i think i think to me the deal would probably be dermot or hole okay um niemela or robertson because i would not include matthew nyes i think he's no. honestly a steal from last year um and a first round pick is what it, i think they would take okay and, and and i think um if that's the case then I, I have no problem with that asking price i mean you're literally you're getting a legit top two slash top four defenseman at four million dollars which you do not find very often <laughs> 4.6 is what chicken's yeah. at and uh, honestly he's also signed through the 2024 25 season so you got three more years at 4.6 of a top defenseman I love and that. And it's basically the same as Matthews, right? Huh? Isn't he the same type of time frame as Matthews for the contract? Uh, possibly one. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. He's got an extra year on Matthews. Matthews only has two after this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Tavares and Marner are the same year as Chikrin. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that would be the ideal one. I think a sneaky one would be... Uh, Mark Giordano from Seattle. Yep. Um, I was thinking Alexi was, from Seattle, but I like your thinking. Too. He, see, I like Giordano because he was TJ Brody's partner in Calgary, so that's an automatic fit there. But um, then who plays with Riley? Who plays with Riley? Uh, that's that's my only concern. I like the thinking that you have, but who plays with Riley if you take Brody off of his partnership, right? Yeah. That's why I'm thinking Alexiak, because Alexiak's also signed for the next four years as well at 4.6, plays both sides, right? Yeah. So that gives you a little bit of flexibility as opposed to having... Who who keeps flipping sides? Is it Lilgren or Dermot? 
Uh, well, Dermot's barely in the lineup, so it's got to be Logan. Because one of the one of the bottom three, like either him, Dermot, or Sandine, uh, keep flipping sides left or right because they don't know where to play them, and it depends on who they're playing with. But Alexiak already does that. They already have that in Alexiak. If he if he joins four point six, same price as Chikrin. He's a little older. He's twenty nine. Signed for four more years. Um, he's a guy who yeah. can move the puck. He's a guy that can he has a good shot. Um, he skates well. That's a guy that you could also bring in and have no problems with for the next few years. Yeah, I, th- I think the only thing with that is and you're tied to that contract. That's the only problem, right? Giordano is a free agent, right? So I think the biggest seven five. Well, yeah, but Seattle would retain minimum half. They might do that three way deal where it ends up being Giordano's contract's one point five million dollars, and all right. of a sudden the Leafs can go out and get somebody else because right. Giordano's going to cost them like third. Maybe a second. Yeah. So um, I think it's one of those ones where like like that type of thing may work out in the least favor. If they truly don't want, do want to keep Muzzin too, right? Because the basically, if you go out and get Alexiak or you basically go out and get Chikrin, Muzzin's gone. And I know so this is going to sound weird. I, I, I think, gonna I think they, need to, they need to evaluate long-term, I think, too, right? Because if you get one of those guys with term – Muzzin has to be gone. It's simple as that. You, right. you can't afford four defensemen at five plus million dollars. Right. Or four and plus million dollars, whatever. Going into this season, this statement would have sounded really, really weird. I'm okay with them moving Muzzin in the offseason. Oh, I, I agree. I think, one, you might struggle to find somebody to take a $5 million contract. Well, for it, de- a 30, it depends, right? 30, like, well, I mean, for what a if, 34 potentially, like, he'd be 34 by the time next year happens. So. Right. But what if I mean, okay, let's let's say Arizona they they try to go get Chikrin, right? Yeah. Arizona needs to get to the floor most years. Yeah. Hey, we'll throw in Muzzin. Yeah, I, I think well for the Leafs perspective, I don't think I would trade him now. No, no, no. Like what I'm saying is like you put a deal in place with Arizona and say like, listen, we know you guys are going to need a top four defenseman next year, right? Yeah. We're most likely moving on from Muzzin in the offseason if we make this deal with Chikrin. Let's put two deals yeah. in place. One for now, one for the offseason, and we'll go from there. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see something, yeah. Because, like, you're right. If if they get, bring in a guy like Chikrin or they bring in a guy like uh, Alexiak or whatever, um, he has to go. Like, you don't have any other options for guys around that price range that you're going to move. Yeah. Everyone keeps talking about Kerfoot, but why would you move a guy at 3.5 who plays on your second line and could play all the way up and down your lineup um, mm-hmm. with, with ease when Muzzin hasn't been playing well, he's getting older, and you can replace him with one of these defensemen that you're bringing in? Like, well, and, and I, think, I think that's the biggest thing. I think if they are going to trade him, they got to acquire somebody now or very early in the offseason – to give them the most amount of time to try and trade that contract. Uh, agree. I mean, That's what I'm saying. Like, I think they need to do it now. If the, if he's going to be I out think, for the rest of the year, you do it now. Well, and I think I think that's truly the thing they got to figure out, right? If if he's out long term, and we're talking like might not even come back for playoffs, you go out and you get Chicker in the best possible option. Yeah. If Agreed. he is if he is going to be back by playoff time, and they're going to try and do like the Kucherov thing, where it's hey, just sit on LTIR, we'll come and bring you back for the first game of playoffs, then I could see it being a rental guy. 
where they'll just stack their top six this year and maybe they'll evaluate a chicken trade in the offseason. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a Giordano at the deadline. You find who he's going to play with, you know, maybe you bump, you bump Riley down and you play uh, Giordano Brody. And then the playoffs, it's Giordano Brody, Muzzin, Riley. And all of a sudden you got Sandine and uh, Labushkin. I mean, that's a pretty solid top six. You know, I'm not going to complain about that whatsoever. Like that, that would be one of those ones where, you know, if, if that's the case, I would have no, I would have no concerns about our defense in the playoffs. Right. So like, to me, if that's the case, then that, that's the type of thing you look at. If, it, if Muzzin's like, no, he's not going to come back at all this year. Then I think Chickren's the better option. Right. Okay. I'm just thinking about it now. Cause you were saying the, the possible pairings. What about a Riley Labushkin pairing? Wouldn't they kind of complement each other almost perfectly? Labushkin, yeah, doesn't, would... Labushkin doesn't like moving the puck, so he usually defers or shoots it up. So if he's deferring to Riley all the time, who loves having the puck on his stick? Yeah. And likes to go forward. Labushkin's a defensive defenseman. Like that that's all that sounds scarily perfect. It 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 does, and that's what <laughs> that that's what kind of scares me is it is it sounds so good, it yet it's one of those good. <laughs> it's one of those do you want Labushkin playing twenty five minutes a night? Right. And that's that's the question. But I mean, in your in your thing though, you have Giordano and Brody as the other pair, right? So you're splitting yeah. you're probably close so, to twenty two minutes a night for all four. Yeah, give or take, yeah. Right, and you're roughing in sixteen minutes for the bottom pair of Muzzin and Hall or maybe maybe Sandine. Muzzin and Sandine. Hall, Hall Hall would likely be gone. In the oh, you're saying Hall's gone? Okay, got you. Okay, got you. Or or in the press box, he's been terrible this year. So. Yeah, I'm not arguing, but I, I guess I guess the biggest the biggest question would be for a team trade, like for the Leafs, would you rather get rid of Hall or would you rather get rid of Dermot? And I think the Leafs would rather get rid of Hall, but I think teams would rather have Dermot because he's young and under contract and has a chance to actually improve. Well, Hall's under contract too, but but he's not young and he has no room to improve. Valid. Okay, well, it will be interesting to see how the Leafs approach the deadline for sure. Um, I'm interested to see who they, well, A, if they bring anybody in, and if they do bring somebody in, who they bring in. Um, But that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. Huge shout-out to Gabe. Just got his real estate license, eh? See that on the weekend? Yeah, good for him. Proud of him. Um, We're going to keep it rolling, Kyle. And we're going to get right into the new look. And this is a very, very obvious statement. The new look TFC. Um, As they get their season underway tonight against FC Dallas, lots of players are gone. This is not the TFC we are used to seeing because... There's very few players still there from the TFC we're used to seeing. Yeah, I really am. I'm going to read off the list of players that are gone, gone. Okay? Yep. Justin Morrow, tired. Davaletta, didn't have his option exercised. Rocco Romeo, didn't have his option exercised. Kevin Silva, no exercise of the option. Patrick Mullins, no exercise of the option. Julian Dunn was signed by Hamcam in Norway. Omar Gonzalez was signed as a free agent by the New England Revolution. 
Nick DeLeon out of contract, Subasa Endo out of contract, Liam Frazier out of contract, and Erickson Gallardo out of contract. Richie Larea was sold to Nottingham Forest. Huge mm-hmm. congratulations to him. Dom Dwyer was traded to FC Dallas for 50000 in general allocation money. Marky Delgado was traded for $400,000 in 2022 general allocation and a conditional $100,000 in 2023 general allocation money to the LA Galaxy. Jefferson Soteldo was transferred to Tigres. In Mexico, Josie Altador was an off-season buyout and Oro Jr. was loaned to Santos FC. <clears throat> what does that leave you with? 14 players from the roster last year have returned. Most of them are bench players or... Or young and up-and-coming starters, players. <laughs> partial starters. And Pasuelo. <laughs> and Pasuelo and Bradley. <laughs> and the goalie. <laughs> Pasuelo, Bradley, and the goalie. Yeah. Have, have all come back. <laughs> um, obviously, the big deal in the offseason was signing Lorenzo Insigne. He will Mm -hmm. not join the club until July, though, so we have to look at what they have right now. They brought in a bunch of guys. Um, Shane O'Neill was signed as a free agent from Seattle. Luca Petrasso was promoted from TFC2. He's going to be a very interesting young piece. Uh, DeAndre Mm -hmm. Kerr, he's a homegrown player. He was signed as well. Greg Ranjit Singh was signed from the keeper pool in the MLS. Lucas McNaughton and Caden Chung were both signed from Pacific FC in the CPL, which is a huge boon for the CPL. Shows how good that quality is in the mm-hmm. league. The big defensive move, in my opinion, was signing or transferring, I guess, Carlos Salcedo from Tigres as a designated player is a huge deal. He's a absolute stud, so that's a big one. Jesus Jimenez was signed from Poland, and Cozy Thompson was just promoted, I think, yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) From TFC2. That's it. There's a lot longer of a list of players out than players in. They're a little light right now. Um, What are... How big is the additions of Insigne and Salcedo going to be, especially when, you know, Insigne actually gets here? Oh, I think honestly, I think once they once everybody gets here, I mean, there's potentially another rumor too in March of Cristido coming in. Um, we'll see if that actually happens or not, but like that could be a huge thing as well. And I think you're kind of looking at the original TFC when they brought in all those those big name players and they had Bradley that big and, move. Yeah, the like big they, had, they had the. Well, and then like you think of like the Jovinko time too, right? Where they were like they brought in a big name player, yeah. and all of a sudden like they were relevant again. Like they were like a TFC was relevant again in the MLS. And I think you're kind of looking at like a 2.0 version of this, where some of those big signings they have some of the homegrown talent coming up. You see a lot of the TFC two guys that are getting signed, getting brought up. They have the young kids, and I think they have the potential to be good. But they needed that veteran influence that wasn't. Josie Altador. Sorry to say, like Josie Altador did great for us, but he couldn't stay healthy for the life of him. And, and that yep. and that's and, and the issue was like we needed we needed Josie Altador because we didn't have the depth the last couple of years. So um, you know, bringing up some of this depth, getting that, and now adding in those star-studded pieces, I think truly TFC and probably next, I would say probably not, not necessarily this year, I would say next year or or two years will be contending for the cup again, I think. Yeah, and you mentioned just the young talent, right? They have 24 players currently signed to the roster. That doesn't include Insigne, by the way, because he's not 
technically there until July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if we're looking at the 24 players right now, 12 of them are under the age of 25. Yeah. So half of your roster is under the age of 25. And yeah, I don't know how many of them are necessarily going to be huge players in the season. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Io Akinola, when he's healthy, he's probably starting until July, at yeah. least. And even then, he might, he might find a way to f- find a spot still with Insigne. Um, well, Luke I'm, Singh, I'm, yeah. same yeah. thing, right? Or, or Luke Singh, right? He's still technically on the roster. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a big part with Salcedo and um, Chris Mavinga as a center back. Yep. As well as Lucas McNaughton. Um, they got no wingbacks right now, so they're playing Jaquiel Marshall Rudy and Jacob Schaffelberg as mm-hmm. wingbacks. They're both under the age of 25. Like These guys are going to play. Nova Lakello is also going to play. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, how much do they play and how big of an impact are they going to have? But the youngsters on this team are good. Well, and, and we're also, we haven't, like, the other thing I didn't mention was Pasuelo was the MVP two years ago. Yeah. Right? Last year didn't exactly have the greatest season because realistically. terrible season, though. But didn't have a whole lot of help either. So, I mean, he was kind of trying to do pretty much everything himself. Right. So, um, so in that case, with, with some of these younger talent, some of these, uh, you know, star-studded players coming in, does that help him develop his game again? Does he get back towards that MVP-type season and if that's the case, then we're potentially talking about TFC being like a powerhouse, if that's the case. Because we're talking about, you know, Insigne, who I think will make a huge impact, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Pasuelo and then you have the, you know, if you have the youngsters on the, on the wings backs and they actually turn out to be good on those wing backs, all of a sudden you're like, okay, like we're good. We're set now. Yeah. So it's, we'll it, it's going to be interesting for sure. And, and you bring up the wing backs and, for me, there's a concern that we don't have true true wingbacks on the roster right now. Yes, Caden Chung, Kamar Lawrence is listed as a left back, and Luca Petrasso are all wingbacks, but those guys don't really jump off the page for me as top talents. Like, Larea was a top MLS talent, right, as a wingback. Yeah. So they're playing these young guys in Schaffelberg and Marshall Rudy as as wingbacks, and we don't know what it's going to look like. Who knows? Like, a week from now, two weeks from now, after they've played a couple games, we could be coming back to this conversation, you and me, and saying, oh, well, they're fine. They don't, there's no real concern. Yeah. Going into the season, for me at least, there's a, there's a decent level of concern there because that is, in the MLS, they play a lot down the wing. Like, there's not a whole lot that goes through the middle. Not many teams have the ability of Toronto FC to play down the middle. Yeah. Right, like TFC does because our middle is Bradley, then Pasuelo, and then in July it'll be Insigne. For the last few years, it's been Altidore and Giovinco and 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 right up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can play through the middle when you got three guys like that. 100%. How many teams have that? Yep. So not having true wingbacks, I'm concerned going into this season. I'm not going to say like I'm red alert. Something's really needs to be done. But there is a level of concern going in, right? I, I mean, there there has to be. That's the biggest thing, right? Because the biggest thing is you don't know what you have until you've seen them actually play. And, and they're essentially brand new into the position. So I'm not expecting, you know, 
all success to start with. That, that would be unrealistic, to be honest. I think there will be some falters where they're not necessarily in the right position or whatever it may be, where it's, it's you know, it's those growing pains that, you know, that you could say that it's a new position. It's a new, it's a new, new players. Like some of these guys haven't played with any of these guys either. There's, you know, half the defenders or half the team is all brand new. They haven't had the, the, they don't have that, you know, chemistry that they normally would have. So, um, I mean, I think there will be some growing pains this year for, for the team, but I think there's a chance that they truly do succeed. If, if I think if Crescido does come in, then it kind of gives them a little bit more options too. And he's rumored to be coming in March, um, but that's obviously not confirmed. So uh, if he would give them that veteran presence back there on that back line too, which probably could ease everybody else's mind and maybe let those younger players play a little bit more freely, I guess. Um, so that way they're not just, hey, we, we got we to gotta sit back, we got to defend properly and no, maybe go on a couple runs, go up there, like truly like play the position and do what brings your skill set out, right? Yeah. So I, I think there's there's some possibility of success, but we'll see how it actually develops. I think the one thing that TFC can kind of bank on is that their center backs are very strong, especially for an MLS squad. Chris Mavinga has shown that he is a top quality center back in the MLS. Bringing in a guy like Salcedo is massive. When you have cover for young players, it allows them to play a little bit more relaxed. And we've seen it at many, many levels. This isn't this isn't rocket science here, folks. We've seen it in many sports, right? Think about the NHL. You have a top veteran defenseman playing with a young a young guy who's trying to prove himself. They usually play a lot more calm when when they know that that guy's there, right? And then as opposed to when they're playing with another young defenseman, and they both are like, "Oh, I got to cover this guy." Oh, wait, no, I can't do this. I can't do that not the case when you have that veteran there and when you got when you got a guy like Salcedo who is one of the top defenders in the uh Mexican uh Liga MX last year mm-hmm. that helps that that's a huge huge thing and and to have a guy like Michael Bradley there as well like a true game commander in the middle of the park who will now not have to play center back this year because we have center backs that's that's, that's another big thing. It's a huge that's a huge thing. So they've done a good job of securing that center back role. Um, mm-hmm. whether they want to go with two in Mavinga and Salcedo or they want to throw a third in there and put Shane O'Neill as well and do a three five whatever. Uh, yeah. they have that option. And that might be the way they go. They might end up going, especially when Insigne gets here. It could be a three-five-two sort of thing with Schaffelberg and Marshall Ruddy running up the wings, uh, Pozuelo, uh, Bradley, and I mean, in my opinion, you're probably throwing Akello or Preso in that defensive midfield role uh, alongside, sorry, alongside Bradley, and then you're probably playing Akinola and Insigne up top because they're kind of a thunder and lightning kind of combo there. Yeah, that's probably a really good lineup. Like, especially in the MLS, that gives you wing depth, that gives you control of the midfield, that has a lot of potential going forward with Pasuelo, Insigne, and Akinola. That's probably the ideal lineup when the season gets into play and when Insigne gets here and everything going. Yep. But it all starts with that back 
line. And those, uh, if they have three and they play with Salcedo, Mavinga, and O'Neal, you're looking at a very strong back line. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's you. You also on the front line too. You have Achara too, right? So if if yeah. Achara can can develop at all as a true finisher, then you have that extra depth as well of the scoring too. So yeah. I was just trying to start with the, who I think should be in the starting lineup. I think Achara oh, starts course. tonight. I, I would assume so. I would I honestly I would probably say it's because Akinola isn't healthy, is he? I, I didn't. I think he's he's listed. He, I think he's nursing an injury, but they just don't know when he's coming back because he ruptured his um, cruciate last year. Right. So we just don't know when he's coming back, but he's been training. Right? I think he's gotten yeah. into a couple of the preseason games, but I'm not 100. Like, don't quote me on that. So, I cannot cannot confirm. I, I believe I believe Achara probably will start tonight. Yeah. So. Or uh, Jimenez might start. I forgot about Jimenez. They brought him in too. Right. Yep. Yeah. They right. brought him in from Poland. Yep. So there's another guy who could just easily go into that starting lineup depending on the depending on who you're playing. So, true. There's there's so many options up front, but up front isn't the issue. It's the wing backs right now that I yeah, think that's that's the biggest question mark. Are the issue. Um we're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk eh, we'll talk a little MLB. We might as well, right, Kyle? Uh, there's a lockout happening. Some stuff happened yesterday. We should probably come back and talk about it. Might as well. Um, might as well. So on the flip side, we will reset. Get some MLB talking right here on Garage Door Sports. Hey, everyone. Irfan Manji from Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly and Paige Culver. We provide news, analysis, and opinions each episode as well. You can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher and follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Cheers. Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, back with you here on Garage Door Sports. Uh, done the Leafs. We've done TFC. Mm-hmm. Now, the other team that's supposed to be playing in the city right now, outside of the Raptors, because we have not a whole lot to talk about the Raptors right now. They're playing well. Well, other than last night, they were absolutely They were terrible. awful last night. They, they, were, they were historically awful last night. Yeah. Um. But the other team that's supposed to be doing something right now, but they are definitely not, is the Blue Jays. And that's because the MLB is still locked out. It is day 87. I think it's actually day 88 now, but we're through 87 days of the lockout. Yep. And there is still no deal. And they are still very far apart on a lot of uh, key, key things. They haven't even talked about... Um, oh, what's what's the big issue that they're having? I think it's called CBD, CBT on most, most like social media stuff. I can't remember what it is right now. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I can't but, remember. I mean, I mean, the big, the biggest thing is they basically seem to be just stuck. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, I guess the big news is that Manfred actually spoke yesterday he actually showed up he's been he actually hasn't been there until yesterday which i'm i was kind of confused when i heard that yeah like seems sort of backwards but apparently like 
I, I then I learned more about it, and apparently, usually the commissioner isn't the one making the deals. They have a lawyer doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so when before Manfred took over from Bud Selig, he was actually the lawyer for Selig in these negotiations. Right. So he, when Selig was doing collective bargaining agreements, it was actually Manfred doing them for Selig. So. I guess it makes sense that he wasn't there, but it just sounds wrong in my opinion. Um, and they're just not getting any... Sorry, they did make some momentum yesterday. They got, they got the ball rolling a little bit, and I think that's because the MLB instituted a deadline of mm-hmm. Monday. By the way, C- CBT is competitive balance tax. Thank you. Thank you. Could not figure that out. Um. Yeah, because both the, the players are so frustrated with the fact that there is nothing stopping a team from tanking. Correct. And the MLB is one of the worst leagues in North America for tanking. It is, yep. it is bad. I mean, say what you will about Arizona and Buffalo in the, in the NHL. But those rosters are also just not built to win. Yeah. Now, is that because players don't want to go there, or is that because the front office just doesn't want to sign players that are will that are top quality? That's a whole other issue. But the mm-hmm. MLB sometimes they just they have players on their roster that they just don't play enough or whatever, and then they suck. Right. Yep. Can't really work well, the Orioles for that, but they 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 basically allow teams to go through a you know three to five year stretch of being absolutely terrible yeah in order to, to accrue draft picks and and you know all, all that kind of stuff because if you get the top draft pick in the mlb it, it's it's not necessarily like other sports no 90 percent of the times top draft picks in the mlb turn out to be star-studded players because it's it, you know there's not a whole lot when you have the first overall pick there's not a whole lot of guessing when it comes to things yeah you um, think yeah Right, so it's. Uh, I would say a lot of MLB drafts are very much more like the Matthews McDavid's drafts of um, the NHL, where it's you know who's going first, or you know the top three picks, and it's kind of a choice between those three, basically. Um, I would say that's majority of MLB uh, drafts. Obviously, you've had a couple like the Mark Appel draft, where it just didn't really work out, and you know, obviously, arm issues for pitchers is a big thing. But um, I mean. The biggest thing is right now, the MLB and the MLBPA uh, on the competitive balance tax, they're $31 million apart on what the agreed number would be. So it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So let alone, they also, the pre-arbitration bonus pool, they're $95 million away. They're $135,000 away per player for the minimum salary. Right, and they're talking about the, they're talking about a draft lottery, so that they can't do the, the tanking anymore. Right, so that I think it's like I think it's they're talking about the one one to four or one to five um, bottom teams going to a lottery, and they get the first overall pick that way. Um, and apparently, the MLB is only doing like one to two teams or something like that, uh, or two yeah. teams in in the draft lottery. So they're like they're three three picks away basically in the draft lottery, away from agreeing on something. Right, so I mean. There's also a deadline of Monday, Monday I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so Monday's the deadline um, before regular season games start getting canceled. Yeah. They just 
yesterday they canceled spring training games through March 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get to Monday, the MLB is set to cancel regular season games and with no chance of making them up, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to the tanking conversation quickly before we keep going forward with the lockout because your numbers are great and I want to get to those as well. But yeah. the other thing about the MLB drafting situation is that most of the time, right, in the NHL, in the NBA, and even MLS, if you want to include MLS, if you want to include the yeah. NFL, first overall picks play. Right. Right? They they play that year. Yeah. Yeah. Very rarely you get a number one overall pick who does not play. Correct. It's not the same in the MLB. No. 95%, maybe even 99% of the time, mm-hmm. number one overall picks will not play in their first season in the MLB. They will go Correct. to the minors. They will play their way up. And I don't mind it. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's an issue. Yeah. But to put it into perspective, since let's go back to 2012, that was the Carlos Correa draft. I'm yeah. going to name off the number one picks for you, Kyle. Tell me how many of them are in the MLB today. Yep. Okay. So Carlos Correa, that's one. Yep. Mark Apple. No, he had arms injuries. Brady Aiken. Arm injuries. Dansby Swanson. Yep. Mickey Moniak. Not that I know of. He's in. Yeah, he's with Philly. Is he? Yeah. Um, Royce Lewis. Yep. Casey Mize. Yep. Adley Rutschman. He's coming up this year. Coming up this year. Has not played consistently in the MLB. Spencer Torkelson. Probably coming up this year. (laughs) And Henry Davis. Uh, I don't know when he'll be coming up. Probably not this year. Depending on the roster. Yeah. Three, four, three, three, and two of those basically blew out their careers with arm injuries. So, like, I wouldn't even consider them. I know, but out of ten, yeah, out of the, out of the last ten years, there's four, yeah, that are in that have been in the MLB before. Yeah, that. right. That's my point. They take a lot longer. So these teams that are tanking are tanking for a lot longer. Try to get as many of these top talents as they can so that in five, six, seven years' time, they're stacked with top talent as opposed to in the NHL where you tank for a year, get a top player, and that changes your team, i.e. Yeah. the Maple Leafs. Well, and, 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 and one of those is also in the NHL type of thing, if you have money, you can always buy players. In the MLB, that's not necessarily the case. Because there's a lot of teams that don't necessarily have all the cash influx that a lot of well, other teams do. you said, do. if you have money. Technically, it's yeah. the same thing. The difference is, is that there's not a set cap that everyone has to stay within. And there's also a thing where it's there's an aura about certain teams. Yeah. That, you know, I think you could argue probably in the NHL, you have Arizona, I think would be probably the only team that would be really like, a blackballed team, really? Maybe Buffalo the last few years just because of how they're run. But even that, I agree with you. I don't think it's as bad as Arizona. Even, even then, I, th- I think there's, you know, there's potential in Buffalo. And there's I think potential. people are starting to see that with, with how they are right now, right? Yeah. But, I mean, you talk about Baltimore. Nobody's going and signing in Baltimore purposely. 
Unless they're from there. Like, like if it's the end of their career and they're from the Maryland area, they might sign there. And even then, they'll probably sign somewhere in the general area that's close to Maryland rather than actually Baltimore. Washington. Um, yeah, like they'll, they'll go somewhere. There isn't, it's, eh, we're an hour away. We're good. You know, yeah. like that type of thing where it's, You're right. um, and, and it's, and it's, that's the whole reason why is because basically Baltimore has essentially been tanking for right now, almost, I guess they've been probably four or five years. They had a competitive team with that, that, and, um, Adam Jones, Chris Davis year, they had a, a relatively competitive team then, but even, even that, like, I don't know. There, there's definitely people that don't want to go there. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, like, as I said, like when you tank for so many years, it, it works. And we've seen it in the MLB between 2003 and 2008, Tampa had three number one overall picks. Washington yeah. had back to back number one overall picks in 2009 and in 2010. Mm-hmm. Houston had three straight from 2012 to 2014, Correa, Apple, and Aiken that we already mentioned. Yeah. That's consistently tanking for multiple seasons to try to build up your roster. And what did we see from Houston? They built up a championship team. Not necessarily with those two players in Apple and Aiken, but they built up a championship team because you also get top prospects in the second round and the third round and whatever. It works. But it takes a long time to work, and that's the problem is that these teams have been awful for way too long now. Yeah. Right? The Orioles have their second number one overall pick in the last four seasons this season. I yeah. guess the MLB drafts the middle of the season, but that's a whole... That's the weirdest draft, in my opinion, but whatever, not my, not my prerogative here. Yeah. Um, so that's why the players are so frustrated, is that if they end up being on one of these teams that are tanking, it's not fun. Like, you are getting absolutely beaten down day after day, week after week. It's an awful existence as a pro player because you want to win. Tell me one pro player in their life that does not want to win. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it because anybody, anybody who wants to win wants to win. And then people who have already won then go and sign for money. So it's like, and even there, they there's still no want to win. It's not like they're, oh, it's not like sure. they're not going to want to win. hundred percent. So it's so frustrating for these players. So I have no problem with them fighting for this balance of play. Mm-hmm. No, I have no problem with them fighting for a uh, draft lottery. Cause we've seen it in all the other leagues. Yeah. Why not? Like it makes sense. Well, to be honest, it kind of makes it interesting too, because it's necessarily well. Hey, you, even if the last place team is terrible, they're not necessarily going to get the first overall pick. So it's not necessarily a benefit to be the with the worst place team. So you know, win some games, go out and sign people, go do whatever you possibly can to, to try and be a better team. Yeah, and I mean they are getting, they will get a good player still. Like it's not like they're going to be screwed by getting a crappy player. They're still going to get a good player. It doesn't guarantee that they are getting the number one overall pick. And that's that yep. makes sense. Yep. Um, let's get back to the numbers and everything and the actual lockout now that we've beaten that dead horse a little bit too much. Yep. Um, there's a couple other things that you we've already talked about the numbers specifically. Um, mm-hmm. They also want to talk about an expanded postseason. Right. Yeah. 
and that's a, that's a sticking point. They want to get MLB proposed a twelve team postseason, right? So six and six, yep. which I'm pretty sure is what we have right now, right? Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, three division winners. No, we have five right now in each. Five, three, three division winners, two wild cards. Yes, you're right. Sorry, I can't count. I thought there was four divisions in each for some reason. I don't know what, where my head was at. Um, so they're they're currently at ten. The yeah. M- the MLB PA wants twelve. They wanted to add an extra team. So two teams get a buy and two wild card games. Yep. Yeah. Don't mind that. No problem with that. MLB is seeking a fourteen team format. So adding four more teams to what we currently see. Now, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're like, I don't care. I want both of these because they would have been in the playoffs the last few years because of it. Yeah. Right? Because they were the first team out last year. Um, I have no problem with expanding it to 12 or 14. I don't think either really bugs me. Yeah. But if games start getting postponed, or can't, sorry, not postponed, canceled as of Monday, the mm-hmm. 14 team playoff is off the, off the table. Immediately, they can't. They can't do that. No, no, not really fair. So that that will be another sticking point that comes up Monday. Like if they don't get a deal done, the MLB loses their fourteen team playoff push. Yeah. So that's that's something else to keep an eye on. We'll try to keep you updated on this, folks, as it kind of happens. But right now, we're. I'm hoping at least that we get to see playoffs. I want to see playoffs, or not playoffs. I want to see baseball. Like I, I, I yeah. I just want the sport in general. Like it's just it's an enjoyable sport. That's the biggest thing. It's it's a good sport, especially for a fan perspective. Like you can go and have a relaxing day watching a baseball game. Hundred percent. Right. Some like hockey. Sometimes it's high energy all the time. You can't mm-hmm. necessarily sit back and relax and watch a game all the time. Baseball, yeah. you could sit back and watch a game, have some huge moments, like the game that we went to last year. I'm harping on a little bit of our stuff, but like the game that we went to against the A's last year was one oh, of the absolutely. most entertaining games I have ever watched. I didn't feel like there was any real downtime after the fourth inning. Like, oh, we, we fifth were, inning we were, it was crazy. We were chirping Tony Kemp the entire time in left field. I didn't even say we were chirping him. For the most part, we were talking to him because he was, call, he well, was we, coming we back were, with us. It was kind of yeah, nice. We, we were we were talking. TJ was chirping and almost got his batting gloves, but gave it to a kid instead. Goddamn kid! I have no problem with that. TJ would have done the same thing, honestly. If TJ had gotten the batting glove, he would have given it to the kid. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a TJ, chance. Yeah, he would have. No way. But like it was like it was chill. Like we were, as you said, we were talking with Tony Kemp. We were we got to watch Alec Manoa pitch. We got to see the incredible comebacks because it was two comebacks. Yeah. Um, like it was just entertaining throughout, but it didn't feel like we were stressed out the whole game either. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Like NHL games, sometimes they're just like high energy. Like, okay, got to keep going. Got to keep going. Got to keep up until you get to the intermission. And then you take like a 15 minute break and then you get back into it and you're like, okay, we got to keep going. Um, yeah. so I hope we get some MLB back soon. Cause it's fun and they're cheap it- tickets in Toronto. Oh Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're probably they're probably the most affordable team to actually go see. Them and TFC. Yeah. Um. All right, dude. End of the week. 
means tire fires of the week. Oh, God. Oh, God, he says. <laughs> That's not a good start. Oh, God is not a good start for the tire fires of the week, Kyle. True. Um, so why don't you start us off with your Oh, God moment? Well, it was the All-Star game for NBA last week, right? Yes, it was. <clears throat> so if that's the case, mine is the NBA dunk contest. Absolutely terrible. Probably the worst dunk contest I've seen in years. And that's saying something because the dunk contest hasn't been very good in the last, I would say, 10 years overall. Yeah, I mean, five years old. Whoa, 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 whoa. Five years old. The Toronto one was like six years ago. Relax. Yeah, I mean, even then, like those were overhyped, but it is what it is. This one was just terrible. I mean, I could have done Scotty Barnes as as my tire fire too, but I'll give him a benefit of the doubt. He's a rookie, but I'll give you the All Star game as a whole if you want. Well, the All Star the All Star game was good. The All-Star weekend was not very good altogether, basically. The, the, the only thing, the thing that saved the weekend was the game because the game was actually enjoyable because there was legitimately like an entertaining at basketball game. You know, right. Obviously not, not a whole lot of defense and stuff being played, but like still, what it, it, it was, it's, you know, it's, it's hand in the face defense, not necessarily clamp down defense, but still. Um, even then, but even no, <laughs> I mean, the dunk contest was just atrocious. It was honestly probably the worst thing of the weekend, and that's saying something with how the NBA skills went too, because the NBA skills wasn't very entertaining either. Outside so, of the three-point contest, the three-point contest was. Yeah. I mean, the three-point contest was interesting. Obviously, as a Raptors fan, Freddie just forgot how to shoot, but um, it's it was just yeah, my tire fire hundred percent is the, that dunk contest because it was just probably the worst thing in. TV in the last two years. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, like, looking at it for me, like, I actually enjoyed the rookie game more than the skills challenge. Yep. Precious Achua looked really good in that mm-hmm. the Rising Stars challenge. He looked really good. Yep. Uh, but the rest of the Raptors forgot what they were doing in the skills challenges. Uh, Scotty couldn't hit a little layup thing in the rising stars skills challenge thing yep <laughs> what is it four misses or three uh i think he four, missed I, believe. Uh, yeah. I think i actually think he missed three and then his partner missed one and then he missed scotty missed his other shot as well like it's just yeah. bad he, he, he missed the three-pointer too yeah that's what i mean right so it's just not good and then obviously you said van bleed already so i'll, I'll let that one go um it's not not a great showing from the Raptor boys, but I agree with you. That dunk contest was awful. <laughs> Hi, Cooper. <laughs> um, my tire fire from this week is how do I put this? Aaron Rodgers. I'm getting real <laughs> freaking tired of this back and forth crap that he thinks. The Packers might bring him back or might not bring him back or we'll move him or won't move him. I'm so tired of it. It is just ridiculously annoying. Listen, if you want to come back, tell the team, get yeah. it out there, be done with it. If you don't want to come back, tell the team, let them deal with it. 
right? Let, let us move on from this. No one needs this hanging over them for the entire offseason. What is the point? What are you gaining from holding it over a team? Because A, you're screwing the team that you're on right now. And if you yeah. decide to come back, you're still screwing them over. Or B, if you decide to that you want to leave, right? Yeah. You're screwing over the team that you're going to get traded to because they can't they can't plan ahead to get you all the pieces that you probably want because you're Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's getting to the point where it's a little bit ridiculous. And he put that social media post up uh Monday night where he had like the 10 pictures and it looked like he was saying thank yous to all these people and this that and the other or whatever. Um, one of them being is now ex Shailene Woodley. Yeah. And then the last picture is of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams standing there in the one game that Rogers missed with a space in between them where Rogers usually stands for the anthems. Mm-hmm. And everyone started speculating in, oh, does this mean he's gone? Does it, like, I don't care. Just tell us what you want. Like, if you want to play for the Green Bay Packers, fantastic. Play for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. You do not want to play for the Green Bay Packers. Leave. Tell them you don't want to play. Let them find a deal and move on from this. It's getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Well, I was going to say, and I mean, Rodgers came out and denied saying he wants $50 million. But if he wants $50 million, you let him walk. I'm sorry. Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's not a $50 million quarterback. Is there anybody who's a $50 million quarterback? You could argue Mahomes would be be worth it potentially, but even then, like that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Like, I don't know if anyone's a fifty million dollar player in any I, sport. I, to be honest, if as long as there's a salary cap, I don't think anybody can be a fifty million dollar player. Yeah, but he also is signed. Like, it's not like he's a free agent. Yeah. He signed through the next two seasons. Like, we're not done here. Yeah. So just make a decision. If you want to go, go. If not, like, just deal with it. Um, final thought for the week, Kyle. I think I'm going to preempt this for yep. um, a slightly bigger story, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Those of you who are wondering why we haven't mentioned anything about Russia and Ukraine, it's that, honestly, we are not... We do not have the capabilities to fully break down what is happening over there. And we're not going to pretend like we do. Yep. Uh, the only thing that I want to bring up for it is I do believe that UEFA made a great decision this week when they pulled the Champions League final from Russia and moved it to France amid all of this. I think that was the right decision. Um, <clears throat> Kyle, I think you're in agreement with me on that one. Yep. We will not be able to understand what's happening over there and i don't think we're going to even attempt to because no matter what we say we will not we will not be doing it justice so all we say is we hope that things get sorted quickly because it is a scary thing mm-hmm. if you have family and friends we are thinking about you um i think we leave it there good with that yep, yep. all right well for everyone listening we thank you for listening make sure you tune in next week we'll have more Sports Talk. If you're looking for us, it is at Nick McVicker for myself, at Kyle Vardy for Kyle. If you're looking for the show, it's at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. Make sure you check it out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. 
Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you can get all the notifications every time we post a new show or new content. Um, also looking forward, CFL draft is coming up in a couple months. NFL draft is coming up in a little bit, so we got some coverage for those as well. NHL trade deadline, as we already mentioned, is coming up. Lots mm -hmm. coming up. Make sure you stay tuned. Stay stay focused on our uh, uh, con or not. Our uh, I'm looking at the contract page for the Green Bay Packers, and I got thrown off. Um, <laughs> make sure you stay tuned to our social media because we will have a lot going on there for you guys. As I said, thank you for listening. For Kyle Vardy, I'm Nick McVicker. We will see you 